Hey, Kevin. Kevin from Toronto, California, right? Or <laughs> Toronto, California. Kevin from Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> yes, Ontario, Canada, not California. <laughs> you know how I said that, though, because there's an Ontario, California, not too far from L.A., so it's... Exactly, exactly. I know exactly what you mean, man. Well, you saw my message on IG, collecting stories, memories, thoughts uh, about Kobe Bryant. Um, obviously, if you want to talk Sopranos, if you have any questions related to the podcast or anything for that matter, this is your space. Go ahead. For sure. I'll tell my Kobe story. So I was, it starts with Michael Jordan. I was a young kid. Uh, I have an older brother and an older sibling. They're each five years older. My older brother's 10 years older than me. And I obviously wanted to emulate and do everything that my brother did. So when I was very young, probably I want to say the second championship of the Bulls, I, I started to become a fan. Well, when Jordan retired, I jumped on the Kobe wagon because I thought, man, who, who else is much like Jordan other than Kobe, right? That goes without saying. So in the eighth grade, I had a friend that moved from, he was originally born Canadian, but he, his father did some international business. They did a lot of traveling around the States and other parts of the world. Dad came from Saudi Arabia to, to my school in the eighth grade, and we developed a love for basketball. He loved basketball. I loved basketball. Jordan had just retired, and, and I found somebody who loved Kobe just as equally as I did. Well, only a year later, we thought we were going back to the same high school, going to the same high school together. He actually moved to, I believe it's Menifee, California. I could be wrong on the, on the name, but I, I believe there's a Menifee, California. Yeah, there is. Yes. So he moved to Menifee, California, and it was kind of like, man, there's like my boy. We loved ball. And, and anyways, we moved to California. And he obviously loved the Lakers as much as I did. And we used to write to each other. And he talked about going to games with his father and whatnot. And we stayed buddies pretty much pen pals in high school. But then eventually we kind of drifted off from each other and, uh, you know, kind of lost contact. And then after high school, uh, with, you know, Facebook coming in and we reconnected. I found out he was uh, fighting a war in Iraq. He was a U.S. soldier. And we stayed in contact. We would Facebook message each other. He eventually came to visit. I hadn't seen him since the eighth grade. We're in our 20s by now. Um, we reconnected and we talked a lot. And still Kobe talk and Lakers talk. By this time, you know, I, I'm a Toronto native, born in Toronto, but... I never really liked the Lakers. I never really liked the Raptors that that much because of Kobe, because I was, you know, I hopped on the Laker wagon. I'm going to follow my player, kind of how much I like Jordan, you know. Well, in 2011, uh, just before, so early January 2011, we had reconnected. We had met, met up. We hadn't seen each other for so long with a few other friends. And he had told me his service in Iraq had finished up. And, uh, but he was going to Afghanistan now. Well, not long after I had met him again, he was killed in battle. And uh, it, it, it broke my heart. I have letters that we write to each other about Kobe and how the Lakers were doing and whatnot. Anyway, a year later, I had sent you the picture, but not, not a year later, my friend had gone down to, he was buried at Arlington Memorial in Virginia. My friend had gone down there and he had bought me uh, like a light switch that's got Kobe and, and, and a young Kobe and uh, older Jordan, I think right around the 97, 98 era. And uh, gave me that as a gift, kind of like, 
you know, I went to go see our friend and I knew how much he meant to you. And I got this because I know how much you two love these two. You know what I mean? And I still have it at my parents' house to this day. It's still hanging there. And that's, that's kind of my story. It's kind of like, you know, my memory of Kobe. Very cool. I saw the picture you sent me. Thank you for sending that. And thank you for taking no some time problem. to share your memories here. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do with this episode. I'm, I'm thinking about making it a tribute 2.0 or maybe having it come out in various different episodes, like little snippets here and there. I haven't really figured out. I'm just kind of doing this spontaneously. So uh, sure, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and talking and thanks for listening and uh, take care, man. Hey, there. hey, Kevin from uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. What's your Kobe story at MLS Cup 2012? Yeah, so uh, just just going back real quick, I literally started following Kobe his rookie year. I was seven years old at the time, uh, and I was a huge Shaq fan from when I was like five. So when Shaq went to the... I'm guessing your dad was a fan too? My dad liked Walt Chamberlain back in the day, so... When Shaq went to the Lakers, uh, it obviously was 1996. So it was Kobe's rookie year, Shaq's first year on the Lakers. And from there on, I was the biggest Lakers fan you could find in uh, upstate New York. Um, I was basically obsessed with the Lakers growing up. So fast forward to 2002, obviously Kobe's a five-time champion at this point. Um, I am lucky enough to be working at ESPN on the MLS Cup. So it's David Beckham's last game and it was at the StubHub center at the time in LA. And, um, I was in basically the bowels of the stadium, you know, working at the production truck and we had heard that Kobe was there. And then we started seeing him pop up on the screen. I missed him when he came in, but he came in right by the production trucks. So I'm a production assistant at this point working on this game. My buddy tells me, he texts me, he's also there. And he said, Kobe just walked by me. I got a fist bump from him. So I'm beside myself now. I'm like, I got to see Kobe. Like, this is all I'm thinking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm at work technically, but uh, all, I'm, all I want to do is just meet Kobe. Um, so at the end of the game, uh, the Galaxy, we're about to win. Kobe is walking out to leave. Um, and I see him walk with, and, he, and I found these pictures actually since then but he's there with his whole family. So it was Vanessa and his two daughters, Gigi being one of them. And um, he walks right by the production truck. And I wasn't close enough to shake his hand or fist bump him or anything, but I just kind of shouted out, Kobe, I've been a fan since I was seven. (laughs) Like, that's all I could say at that (laughs) point because because I was just so like, I'm I'm basically blacking out. Like, this is one of my idols. And uh, he says back to me, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And kind of gives me a nod as he walks by. And he's with his family. So, you know, I, I didn't want to bother him or anything. But just that little tiny interaction and then him acknowledging it and kind of giving me a nod and a smile, it, it just, like, made my entire trip. Um, and, you know, like I said, the heartbreaking thing about this is he, Gigi and the rest of his family were there. Obviously, at the time, he only had two daughters. And... Uh, I went back and looked at the pictures from that match and you can see Gigi is with him in every single picture. Um, so it's just kind of heartbreaking, but, uh, yeah, that, that was, you know, it made my, that was one of the best experiences I had at work and that includes going to the world cup in 2014. So, uh, that, that's my one Kobe moment and 
I'll remember that forever. Kevin from Jersey City, you gave me goosebumps. Thank you. Appreciate it, Vic. Hello? Hey, Matt from Long Island. Uh, this is Vic from Pada Bing. Hey, man, how you doing? Good, brother. What's your uh, Kobe story? I mean, I just remember him from growing up, and uh, I don't really know too much about basketball, but I know he was a legend. Yeah, it's amazing how a lot of people, first of all, it's amazing to me as like a weird person that some people don't like basketball, um, uh, but it's incredible how many people just know who he is. He's just... Uh, yeah, you don't, you don't have to think someone like that's going to die. Does anything come to mind as far as impact on your life personally or hearing about him or maybe seeing the tail end of a game? Does anything come to mind that you'd like to share with listeners? Or do you want to break my balls about the Sopranos? It's your call. Uh, I think I'd be a much better at breaking balls about the Sopranos. <laughs> do you listen to the podcast? Oh, yeah. I've listened to every single episode up until, unless you made one about two weeks ago, I've been listening to because I actually, uh, I left my day job. So I've been, we used to listen to it at work all the time. Now I'm uh, working nights, so I don't really have time to do much. I hear but that. I've listened to, I'm pretty sure I've listened to Everyone, maybe three or four, maybe five, but I haven't listened to. Well, you're awesome for even listening to one. Do you have a favorite I, interview? Yeah, I like uh, Louis Lombardi. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't expect him to be how he was, all you know, outgoing and from the Bronx and all that. Some interviews, you just, uh, you just press record and shut up, and I think that was one of them. It was fun. Oh yeah, he, he didn't really let you get too many words. <laughs> no, those are the best. Those are the best interviews because you want to hear them talk more than me. So, Matt, what thank they, you. What do you say that uh, best interviewers are the ones that uh, shut up and don't say that much, right? Yep, exactly. I, I actually firmly believe that. That's my. That's what I. I don't think of myself as an interviewer, but um, if you were to ask me for interviewing tips, I would say shut up. And then when you think you should talk, shut up for a, just a moment longer. Matt, thank you for being a part of this tribute. No problem. Take care. Hello? Hey, Joe from Orlando. Talk to me about Kobe or talk to me about The Sopranos. It's your time. Hey, what's going on, Vic? Hey, man, that, that podcast you did at the beginning of the week was just one that really that hit home for me, man, because like you, I'm an NBA fan, and I grew, I pretty much grew up watching, you know, watching Kobe. You know, I mean, I was a Bulls fan because of Jordan, but I grew up watching Kobe, you know, like I, I, my whole, his whole career and some, my, my memories of basketball were always Kobe, you know, and then that was just, I can, I was working Sunday and I didn't want to believe it, you know, and when that, that happened, I just was like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it, you know, and it was almost like, um, a, a, an unreal experience, you know. Like I just didn't want to believe that this, that this, that this had happened. You know what I'm saying? You're a barber, right? Yeah, yeah. What was it like? And you're in Orlando, so it's obviously not Kobe country. But Laker fans and Kobe fans travel really well. Mm -hmm. What was it like in the barbershop? What were were there any conversations? Were there any? Weird, like surreal moments you can share with us. I literally, I was, I'll be honest with you. I was, I was listening. I, I, I had the music on in my headphones. I'm just working, and I literally was like going to change a song or maybe 
flipping from back and forth from one of the podcasts that I was listening to. The TMZ. Oh, you listen to other podcasts besides <laughs> Pot of Bing? Oh, no. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, the, to the TMZ, it was it was right as I just happened to look at my phone right as the TMZ alert went off, and it said Kobe Bryant died in helicopter crash. And I just was like, "What?" And I literally, I almost dropped my machine, and I just turned to all the other guys. I was like, "Yo, I don't know how true this is, but Kobe Bryant died," and. Everybody was like, everybody kind of laughed for a second, like, are you bullshitting? And I was like, according to TMZ, I'm uh, this is bullshit, this is real. And it was just surreal for a minute because I work in a shop that, you know, most of the guys speak Spanish, you know, speak English, and it was just in that sense, everybody was brought together because everybody's right around our age and grew up watching Kobe. Anybody, it was just, it's just a surreal, it was almost like... I guess, like, for maybe our parents, when you see somebody like, I mean, I know it's a president and it's a guy, or a basketball player, but for, like, my parents, when JFK died, everybody knows where they were when JFK died. You know, I mean, Junior, that's what I've been telling everybody. This is our JFK. Yeah. I was like, at the point, I was like, dude, is it weird that I'm, you know, like, that I'm, you know, like, because I didn't cry, like, right in the, because at first I'm trying to, like, refresh all the news and I'm like, is, is this real? Is this real? Like, I don't know if this is real, because it's TMZ. And at the end of the day, it's a gossip. You know, it's a gossip website. And I was like, this can't be real. But then I was thinking to myself, I was like, they don't ever put anything out, I don't think, now that isn't real. They're not going to try and get themselves in trouble to, to post something that isn't real. And when they post, when, they, when it turned out, like, because then I'm sitting there refreshing on Google, refreshing on Google, and all the guys in the shop, are trying to look up, and they're like, Joe, you know, I don't, I'm not seeing anything. And all of a sudden, you start seeing more and more things come on. And it, but there was nothing like from ESPN yet, nothing from Bleacher Report. No, nothing had come up yet. So I left, you know, I, I had finished my last, my last customer, went, went home, turned on ESPN. And as I turned on ESPN for the, you know, where the Pro Bowl was on, and all of a sudden, it start, every, everything's starting to come out, more and more things that it's confirming that it was Kobe. And then it was saying that there was, you know, five other people. And then at one point they said that it was his whole family on there. And I just was like, this kid, this, this isn't reality. Then to find out that it was him and, you know, Gigi and all the, the other, the other seven people were on board. I was like, geez, like, I, it was just an, almost an out of body experience for me. Like, you know, so my wife and my son weren't home at the time. Then they came home and it was just like, even my wife, who's not a basketball fan, who's not a sports fan. She almost broke down because you said, you know, I said, Kobe Bryant died. And she was like, what? And it was like, when he knew he was with his, with his daughter, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional, but when he knew he was with his daughter and, you know, to be a father, I think it brings a whole nother element into it. You know, I mean, not taking away from anybody that's not a parent, but to be around, you know, to have a kid and, you know, like in that last moment, Knowing that there's there's nothing you can do to protect them was tough to, to to for me anyway. Like looking at my son, being like, "There's nothing I could do right now that's going to make this any better. That's going to be like, hey, I'm going to be able to, you know, make this all right. To you know, know that you know, the only thing maybe comforting is that he loved being a girl dad. I mean, I don't know what it's like to have a daughter, but he loved being a dad, and for him to be with her in his last moments." And her best moments, I guess, is somewhat comforting. 
but it's just to take, you know, he was just taken so soon. You know, I would never, you know, and I, to see just the outpouring of how everybody is now is unbelievable. And it's just every time I, go, I see something, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, guys, I didn't grow up as a Kobe fan because I was so immersed in the fact that he's not going to be better than Jordan. And for him to be, to, I like, and I, and I almost, it makes me sick sometimes to be like, to hate on somebody that was so good and not, not appreciated their talent earlier in the career rather than towards the end of his career, you know? And that night when he's, his last night when he scored 60, I was just like, that, you know, this is what it is, you know? And I just was, I wish there was, there was ways that we could get it back. But, you know, now it's like, even like, like Jim, James Gandolfini, him dying at such a young age. You know, you don't think, you think of these people, you don't think of them as being like, you know, you think of them as being superheroes, you know, like being larger than life. And for Kobe to be gone, it's just like another person that's just been gone too soon. And well said. Joe, thank you so much for sharing. Thanks, Rick. Tyler from Salem, Massachusetts. Vic from Pada Bing. Hey, how's it going, Vic? Talk to me about Kobe. It's your time. Um, for me, it was, uh, you know, it started in fifth grade. You know, I was, you know, I'm a young Pada Bing listener, obviously. I'm 27 years old. I was in fifth grade, and I started watching Kobe, you know, on TNT and ESPN. And he just, you know, I was trying out for the fifth grade basketball team, and and I just like emulated him as much as I could. Jump shot. Did you make the team? I did make the team. I actually did. And uh, you know, I was, so you had that Mamba mentality. I just, yeah, I just, I, I, I was always competitive. Like I, my, my old man inspired that into me. So when I started watching him and just watching him just really play the game, it just inspired me to just, just go into it, you know. So that's that was one of the reasons why I got into basketball and started watching basketball. So. Well, it's because of him. Being from Massachusetts, you probably rooted for the Celtics in those two series. Talk about some memories from those series, the one where the Celtics won and the one where the Celtics lost. Uh, lost. What comes to mind, um, or any other Kobe memory for that matter? Um, when we won, it was just, it was big because obviously the Celtics haven't won since 1986. You know, when, in those glory days of Lakers and Celtics of just going back and forth, you know, Larry and Magic, you know, but that was like a big one for the city because, you know, we built a big three. We, you know, finally Pierce brought us that championship. But that was Kobe's first year, you know, going back to the finals, you know, without Shaq. You know what I mean? He brought, you know, Paul Gasol and Lamar Odom and Derek Fisher and, you know, and he just, you know, he was just there with himself and he was just, you know, those guys weren't all there yet, you know, because all wasn't, you know, but, um, but after they lost, you could just tell Kobe just, just wasn't done. He wasn't, he wasn't finished, you know, he wasn't, uh, he wanted more. He wanted redemption. And, and sure enough, in 2010, game seven, you know, I'm sitting, sitting at home watching it. And next thing you know, he, honestly, Kobe didn't shoot well in game seven. But the one thing that stood out the most, was his defense 
And I think he had, Vic, I think he had like 15 rebounds. I don't know if you can remember that or not that night, but, but yeah. Do I look like a stat machine over here? <laughs> I don't know. No, I remember, I remember it being epic. Look, it's one of the greatest stories in sports, right? You lose to your foe, like Ali or like name your favorite boxer. They always come back and then it's that redemption fight. And, uh, you know, sadly your Celtics lost that, but it was great to be able to witness that no matter who you're rooting for. Um, those are the moments that we live for, man. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I me, me as a Celtics fan, I'll be a diehard fan to the day I die, but it's just like, I'm that type of guy where it's like, I don't, I never, I, you know, it's like, you never hate on those type of guys like, you know, like LeBron or Kobe, any of those great talents, those raw talents, because it's just, they're just so good. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they beat your team, but it's like, you just have to respect greatness. And Kobe was, and also when you beat them, right? When the Celtics beat them and they got that chip, it was all the more special because they got it from Kobe. You know, it wasn't like they beat some fluke team that made it there or whatever. They played the best and they got it from the best. So when you win, you want to win from the best. And the other thing that I just learned that was really cool, you I don't know if you already knew this being a Celtics fan, but Paul Pierce got his nickname The Truth based on a performance against Kobe. That was mind-blowing to me. Did you know that? I honestly, when when Paul Pierce came about that the other day, when I saw that, I I honestly, like, I kind of shed a tear to my eye because it's just like, honestly, like, I thought that was Shaq's thing. You know what I mean? But in reality, now that it came from Kobe, it's like, that's something he would say. Because Kobe, when, 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 when Kobe would say something like that to other players, you know what I mean? Like, and he really give out a lot of like compliments, you know what I mean? He was that, I mean, he was very friendly, but not to an extent, but he was just, people listened, you know what I mean? Players listened, you know? So that was huge. I thought that was absolutely like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's a lot, you know? Yeah. Tyler from Salem, Massachusetts. Thank you for sharing. And Vic, one more thing. Can you post some more Ben Simmons photos on your, on your Instagram? They are absolutely hilarious when you when you quote them. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, man. Thank you so much for listening, and, and thanks for being a part of this. I appreciate it. You're the man, Bye. Vic. Have a good one. Hello? Dean from uh, Twin Falls, Idaho. It's Vic from Pada Bang. Kobe Story, the floor is yours. Oh, geez. Um, well, I had to say... You know, I grew up, like, I listened to your podcast, and, you know, my foundation was also, on basketball was also Kobe. Um, I was 11 when they beat the Trailblazers in the Western Conference Finals, then beat the Pacers in the Finals. And then the second year, when they just swept through the whole Western Conference, that one loss to the to the Sixers almost seemed like it, it shouldn't have happened, but, you know, they just, you know, it, it was crazy. <clears throat> but, you know, when Shaq left, it was kind of like Kobe took the mentality of, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to prove, you know, everyone's saying that I can't win without Shaq. And I kind of think that's when the mama mentality really, you know, struck home. And um, like when I sent you the message earlier with Matt Barnes with that little pump fake, I think that has to be one of the solidify what mama mentality is all about. He didn't flinch. He didn't back down. You know, he seemed calm, cool, and collective. But you knew that 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 just you know Matt Barnes probably didn't do himself any favors doing that because that probably that was, had to be the best you know example of 
Kobe and his greatness and just, you know, that there's no better way to say that Mamba mentality of never giving up, never looking back, you know, and that was probably because, you know, I had my doubts too after Shaq left and, you know, Kobe proved me wrong. And after that, I was like, you know, if Kobe's on, he can be on the team, um, the eighth seed in the Western Conference, and I will never bet against Kobe. Never. And it was just, you know, it, it hit really hard because you, you grow up with that team and you grow up with that player, and uh, it, it was tough. Thank you for sharing, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Hey, Jesse from Los Angeles. This is Vic from Pada Bing. Vic, my man, how are you? I'm good. Tell me your Kobe story. The floor is yours. All right. Um, there's several stories. Uh turns out to me. I mean, being born and bred in L.A. Um, the Lakers had just won um, back in 2000. I was in the eighth grade. Um, I was I was in a school band, right? So we had an assembly of some kind, and then our friend had a jersey, so after we stopped playing the piece, uh, we climbed on the stage without anyone's permission, put on top of my shoulders, he was wearing a, a Shaq jersey. Um, that's after we had won the finals, right? So then the parade was maybe a couple days later. Not how much time there was in between that. Um, then that same friend and two or three other guys, um, we're all buddies, we snuck out of the school, which we I'd never done before. We were already in school. We snuck out. We ran to like the nearest main street. The school is probably, I want to say, it was a few miles away from the Staples Center. So then, um, there was this uh, guy, and I don't, I will never forget. It's like those old Toyota cell wagons, and he had his son with him, and so he stops us because we're wearing Laker gear, and. Uh, He's like, do you guys happen to know where the where the Staples Center is? I'm trying to take my son to the parade. And so it was like four of us saying, hey, well, we can show you where it is if you can give us a ride. So there was a bunch of 14-year-olds inside the stranger's car and it's all the way to the Staples Center. And um, I wasn't absolutely sure if I was going to go to the parade, right? So um, I had this old, really small shack shirt. So I just, it was really tight. I'm, I'm a bigger guy, right? So I was walking around the parade with a, with a tight shirt. And yeah, I call, I don't know if we hitchhiked, but we, we guy took us there and we should the Staples Center was. It, it was just one of those um, memories from growing up. Um, obviously, this has been really hard. Um, I know you're here, right, Vic? You're, yeah. you're in LA. Yeah, so it's it's been really I I can't to anything how, how it feels but yeah, I just thought I'd share that story I, I know that uh, I mentioned it to you but yeah I appreciate it are you uh, going to watch the game tonight? yes yes um, a few friends of ours are going to we're going to get together order some pizza um, yeah and get together and watch the game Carmelo's not going to play tonight. He's still mourning. Apparently, I saw a post. I would have loved to see LeBron and Kobe. Or I would have loved to see LeBron. I still say Kobe like he's here. Um, I would have loved to see LeBron and Carmelo play against each other tonight, but it's not going to happen, it looks like. I, I, I haven't been able to watch the sports. It's not the same. It feels... Uh, I was talking about that with somebody when I was walking my kid to school. The league seems kind of like hollowed out. I, I think when they postponed the game on two. They said that the the only other well the 
the last time they had postponed the game was after the Boston um, Marathon bombings, and that just speaks to how much to the the game and how much people here in LA loved and idolized them. Um, yeah, just the love. Even if you don't watch basketball, again, I found out from my mother, who has probably never seen a single game in her life, he was the culture of Los Angeles. He wasn't just a basketball player. He was the culture. And that's crazy. That's insane when you think about it. And I've talked to people all over the country, um, even some people in Canada, just in the last hour. Um, and he's a part of their culture, too. And that's that's so powerful and so amazing. And uh, we are fortunate that we got to live through his era and witness greatness, man. Uh, yeah, all right, bro. No, we're, we're very fortunate. Take care. Hey, thank you so much for giving us giving me a call, man. Big of the podcast, by the way. I know I, I bug you on the on the on the Instagram direct messaging, man. But appreciate everything you do. Very entertaining. I'm getting more into the support. I've, I've probably seen it like seven times already. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for everything that you do, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm going to finish up with Josh from Mission Viejo, California. He didn't want to talk on the phone, but he did write something that I will read now. This is from Josh. So my main income for the last couple of years has come from being a background actor, extra, for TV, movies, etc. One day in March of 2017, I was booked to work background on something called Jalen vs. Everybody. Neither myself or any other BG had heard of it, and we had no idea who the special guest star was going to be. We show up at the restaurant dressed as upscale patrons for the scene, and right before cameras start rolling, we hear people over the radio call in, we're ready for Kobe. In walks the man, the myth, the legend, Mamba. He's handsome and impressive and imposing and brings a light and glow into the room immediately. He shoots one take, acts flawlessly with perfect comedic timing, and right after the cut, comes over to a small group of us and smiles at us, greets us, and makes small talk. As BG, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. So for the hero of Los Angeles to come up to us was mind-blowing. He was so kind. I'll never forget that moment. Thanks for creating this space. Mamba out.